Hi, this is Karen Taylor. This is Lesson 13, Moses and the Ten Commandments, and Love Your Neighbor as Yourself. All during the book of Exodus, before we get to the Ten Commandments, God builds a relationship with Moses by spending time with him, revealing his heart, his name, I am who I am, and showing Moses who he is with all the miracles, the burning bush, the ten plagues, helping Moses through insecurities, which is so personal, explaining to Moses what he is about and what he wants for his people. He gives Moses a lot of time to get to know him. So there's really a lot of setup for the delivery of the Ten Commandments. Besides his awesome power, You've seen how loving God is by the time he delivers the Ten Commandments. You see his concern for us, how involved he is in the details of our relationships. One detail in particular stands out to me in Exodus 19. Right before the Ten Commandments are delivered, God's got everyone assembled around the mountain after a year of camping out around it, after 40 years in the desert before that. He has asked them if they want to belong to him. And if so, are they willing to obey his commands? And they've all agreed yes and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And here they are, they're purified. They've been told, don't come up, don't touch the mountain, don't look at the Lord or you'll perish. And they're ready. But at the actual moment of delivery, when God comes down in thunder and lightning and trumpets and fire and Moses goes up, God says, wait a minute, Moses, go back down again and tell my people not to come near the mountain. And Moses sort of counters this. And he says, Lord, you already told me that. And I've already told them and they're staying away. But you can see God's concern. And he sends Moses back down anyway to get his big brother Aaron and warn the people lest they break through. God is triple checking that his people have all the help they need to heed his commands so they don't get hurt because he loves them. He's talking directly to us from heaven just so we won't get hurt because he's in covenantal relationship with us because he loves us. Father Mike Schmidt says covenant is an exchange of persons with no conditions, which is different from a contract which has conditions. You do this, I'll do that. If you don't do this, I won't do that. But God says, I desire to be yours and I desire for you to be mine. And he gives the gift of himself, but he establishes a relationship first before the rules because relationship is everything. In the 10 commandments, God lights our path to him out of the darkness It's a lit path, like a footpath to a brightly lit house with little lanterns along the way, lighting our way in darkness so we don't stumble. The Ten Commandments give us right order and harmony and peace. It's how we learn how to put God at the center of our lives. He teaches us how to love him. We are in relationship with him, but he is also teaching us that another way to love him is by loving others caretaking in all kinds of relationships. And Jesus says this is the second most important commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One body of Christ, many relationships. 
God's justice relationship over and over. There are way more commandments about relationships. I've always loved the Ten Commandments because they're so clear and direct and understandable. No one has to interpret them for us or explain the context. And I thought I knew what I would write about, but when I was trying to write about them, God kept nudging me about this idea of relationship and softening ourselves and our power as women to bring about healing with simple love. Listen to what hospice nurses hear repeatedly from their dying patients. I wish I hadn't spent so much time working. I wish I had made spirituality more of a priority. I wish I had thought about life's big questions earlier. I wish I had discovered my purpose earlier. I wish I hadn't spent so much time chasing the wrong things. I wish I hadn't spent so much time worrying about things that never happened. I wish I had paid less attention to other people's expectations. I wish I had traveled more. I wish I had lived more in the moment. I wish I had taken more risks. I wish I had stayed in touch with old friends. I wish I had been a better spouse. I wish I had touched more lives. I wish I had spent more time with the people I love. I wish I had loved more. I wish I had loved more. A lot of this is about relationships. I heard a priest say that the Ten Commandments are a great place to see where we need healing and growth in our lives. Bishop Barron notes that the Seven Commandments about our neighbor start at the most familiar circle, our parents, and move out in concentric circles from our most intimate relationships to strangers. Perhaps we start in this order when setting things right. Sometimes this means forgiving someone for not meeting our ideal or giving someone another chance. Sometimes it means admitting a deep truth to ourselves or forgiving ourselves. Relationships are everything. God doesn't want you stuck. He can't use you for his glory if you're stuck. My parents taught me an early lesson on relationships. When I had just learned to ride my bike, we lived on a hill, and I ran into an elderly neighbor and put her in the hospital. I don't remember many details because I was so young, but what I do remember is my parents brought me to her hospital bed many afternoons to read books to her while she healed. They said a note wasn't enough. They insisted on hands-on, face-to-face, human interaction. At this age, we were also visiting my grandmother in a nursing home many, many times. She had multiple sclerosis, and I would watch my father take his mother gently up into his arms, out of her wheelchair, her arms around his neck, her shy smile behind her big glasses at this special treatment, and he would pivot and gently place her on the front seat of his car, the seat of honor, and arrange her legs in place for her, and pat her shoulder, and softly close the door. Kids watch for a relationship, and they know it when they see it, and they learn it from us. Anything that divides us is from others is not from God. God always wants union. Women have a lot of power in families. We are often the matriarchs, or matriarchs in training, or the daughters-in-law, or the sisters-in-law. And as women, we often make the plans, or we decide things. We can cause division accidentally when things don't look the way we think they should, 
We don't want watered-down versions of the ideal. But we can be the agents of such healing, too. This is one thing that we do have control of these days. As one of my best friends says, do I want to be right or do I want to be effective? We have power to bring healing by offering a path back, by relinquishing control and letting others lead, by saying okay to someone else's idea, by hugging. I think a lot is solved with the hug. When we're about to lash out or fall apart, maybe what we should really do is say, hug me, hug me, hug me. Somebody hug me. If there's division, women can find a path forward. We sometimes cause the division and we can heal it. I read somewhere that anger suppresses our immune system for four to six hours, but laughter boosts the immune system for 24 hours. Who do you call when you're upset? Probably a person who doesn't judge, someone soft and gentle who listens. That's usually what we need, and we can be this for another person, maybe in a new way. Maybe a relationship doesn't look the way we want it to, but maybe it's not our job to determine what it should look like. Maybe our job is to just accept what's in front of us in all its imperfectness and let God shine in it, in what is there, to love in all circumstances, regardless of our opinion. I think so many times we get stuck because we think we know the way things should go, the way things should be, and they don't match up with what we've been taught. Well, guess what? That's God's job. Our job is to love, 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 love. Monsignor said at mass last weekend, leave space in your heart for something new to happen. Be surprised. Sometimes it's just letting go of our expectations, of our pictures, our blueprints, and embracing what God has made for you, accepting where God has planted you. He wants you to reach out in this concentric circle where he has placed you. I think blooming where you're planted is kind of the opposite of coveting. I think sometimes when we have conflict, we can look at the love languages that people speak. Gary David Chapman writes that we have only two ways that we can receive love. And we might also be prone to give love in these same two ways. That's our love language. So there could be conflict in a relationship simply because we're not speaking someone's love language. My son's love languages are gifts and acts of service. So I had to learn how to make a Chick-fil-A sandwich suddenly appear out of nowhere, even when I had made dinner. Or I did his laundry for him when he was really behind, even though I thought, you know, he should be doing this himself. I've already taught him how to do this. But these little offerings really got through to him, and he would thank me for these kinds of things and not thank me for all the other ways I loved him, with praise, which he didn't believe, or with touch, which he doesn't like very much, or with quality time, which he doesn't really need from me. And it wasn't because he wasn't grateful, but he could only hear my love when I spoke his love language. It's quite a challenge to do this, but we can miss out on true loving connection otherwise. God wants us to love those around us, He doesn't want us to miss out. He has given us the people who surround us on purpose, every day, in every way. In the book, Tell Me More, the author Kelly Corrigan writes about times she wished she had just said, tell me more, and let the other person unfold, 
and unburden themselves, or describe, or explain, or teach. What did she miss? She wondered. Tell me more, she wished she had said. I am listening. Tell me more. It's hard to pour ourselves out on people who are hard to love. We don't need strength or commandments to love the easy people, the ones who are like us, or the ones who already like us. We are not commanded to like our neighbor, just to see them as other children of God who are in need of love as much as we are. Thanks to the Ten Commandments, we can take the right action even when we don't have the right feelings. When people act harshly, they are probably hurting, but we have to love on them anyway. My husband and I watch Blue Bloods, which is a show about a Catholic family and the power of relationships and seeing things from another point of view, to live peacefully with others, to be a benefit to others, to grow, to follow rules you don't like because they protect a greater body and a greater good. My aunt took a photo of a sign at Starbucks during the pandemic. It said, today you could be standing next to someone who is trying their best not to fall apart. Be kind. Another way I've heard that said is be kind Everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle on the inside. This rings true to me because sometimes it's true of me. Encourage others and accept encouragement yourself. Accept help. It's God helping you through other hands. And it blesses other people when they get to help you. It's a form of love. Be less strong. Be soft. Be gentle. Be generous with your love. Be a big spender and spend it all. It's not money. It's love. There's no end to it. God made it that way. God is love. Love, love, love. Spoil people with your love. You'll never run out. At the end of our lives, how we loved is all we'll have. It matters. It's the heart of the matter. God led us out of Egypt and made us free, not from something, but for something. Free for what? Who is God calling you to love on today? Relationships can be constantly in via, which means on the way, on the march, wandering around a desert. But remember, God is still watching and guiding our steps from above. So don't worry too much about who and why. Just enjoy the people he places in front of you each day. Life is not a straight line. It's a zigzag, a roller coaster. But it's a wonderful ride when you give in and give up your expectations and hold your arms out and say, God, whom would you have me love today? One of my favorite quotes during the pandemic was from Dynamic Catholic. It said, there is enough time in the day to accomplish everything God wants me to do. If I am harried, it is because I am doing things that God has not asked of me. If I am harried, it is because I am doing things that God has not asked of me. God helps us find the time for what's important to him. Hint, hint. See if it's a relationship. It usually is. Let's close with a prayer of Moses. Psalm 90. I've edited this down. Lord, you have been our refuge through all generations. Before the mountains were born, The earth and the world brought forth from eternity to eternity, you are God. 
Teach us to count our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Fill us at daybreak with your mercy, that all our days we may sing for joy. Show your deeds to your servants, your glory to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God be ours. Prosper the work of our hands. Prosper the work of our hands. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.